Chapter 13 We hit the wall. I knew it was the concrete wall of the foundation. I knew, logically, that just a foot or so over my head, the wall became wood siding. But I could not see that kind of distance. What I saw and felt and smelled was that the horizontal world had simply stopped. Reality had a corner. The entire world, as far as I was concerned, was a corner between concrete and sand. One vertical, one horizontal. The concrete was full of cracks and pits, big enough for me to climb inside of. Head down, Jake reminded us. Look for a way to follow the wall down. There's a tunnel here, Rachel said. But it smells bad. Real bad. She was right. I found the tunnel, too. It was one of theirs. It belonged to the enemy. I know there is an enemy. I can sense it, Max said. But who? What? I don't know, Jake said grimly. Let's just hope they're not around. We headed down the tunnel. The smell of the enemy was powerful. Their stench wrapped around us. We were an invading force. We were going deep, deep into enemy territory. The tunnel was narrow. Boulders brushed constantly against my abdomen. My legs kicked some away. Others had to be moved aside. I should have felt cramped and claustrophobic, with the earth all around me and my friends close ahead and behind me. But my ant mind was at home in tunnels. I was traveling down. I knew my head was pointed down, but gravity seemed less important than it did when I was human. There's a side tunnel up here, Rachel said. She was in the lead. Big surprise. There's a couple of side tunnels. It's starting to branch out. Should I... Yeah! What? What? Oh! 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 An ant! What? Rachel! He's running! He's running away! It's okay! It's okay! He was smaller than me. He ran off down a side tunnel. I guess we're the baddest ants in the tunnel, I said, trying to choke away the sudden clutch of very human terror. Let's hope so. Jake said. I feel air, Axe reported. A breeze, down this next side tunnel. Follow it, Jake said. Quickly, we were out of the sand boulders and in a canyon. That's what it seemed like, anyway. Like a deep, deep canyon. A crack in the concrete foundation. We clambered over craggy rocks and squeezed along the narrow crack. All the while, the breeze grew stronger. Then, we were out of the canyon. We were on a flat, vertical plain. I think we're there, Cassie suggested. I sense open space all around. Air. And it's dark. Okay, morph out. But be careful. Wait, get horizontal first, I said. Humans can't cling to walls. We don't know how high up we are. Mark was right. And someone should go first. For once, I volunteer, I said. I couldn't wait to get out of that ant body. First, I moved away from them. It was totally dark, so I didn't have to watch the changes in myself. But trust me, feeling them was bad enough. Once I was human again, I began to look for a light. Then I froze. My huge, human feet could crush my friends. I stood perfectly still and ran my hands along the wall. Nothing. Nothing. A bulletin board. A desk. Phone. Some kind of machine. Probably a fax. There. A lamp. The sudden light was blinding. I blinked and covered my eyes with my hand. As soon as I could see, I looked around. I was in a very small room, like a windowless office. I was alone. Then I looked down at my body. 
Arms, legs, feet. Yes, human. Completely human. We see light, Jake said. I know you can't thought speak now, so if it's safe, flick the light. I could see them now. Four tiny ants huddled against the corner of the wall. Took my breath away. Had that been me? I had been one of them? Down there? I flicked the light. Seconds later, they began to demorph. I turned away and focused on rifling the desk. That was gross, beyond belief, Cassie said. She was the first to complete her change. Yeah, I agreed. I don't want to do that again, she said. I could hear the shiver of fear and disgust in her voice. I didn't answer. I was too scared to want to talk about it. If I talked about it, it would become real, you know? Better not to think. Better to shove it out of my mind. This is the place, Rachel said when she had grown eyes and a mouth again. I recognize it. Chapman's office. I was a cat when I was in here, but this is it. Let's get this done. In and out, Jake said nervously. Axe, find that transponder. Axe, now fully andalite again, immediately began removing a panel from the thing I thought was a fax machine. I continued looking through Chapman's desk. Nothing much there. No papers. No files. Axe looked at me and smiled in that way Andalites have smiling with just their eyes. He touched a small cube I thought was a paperweight. The paperweight lit up and projected a picture into the air in front of me. Cool, I said. A computer, right? Yes, a computer. I poked the air, pointing at a symbol that looked like it would be a folder. It opened. The document was written in some totally alien alphabet. You can use a computer? Sure, why not? This is a few hundred years more advanced than ours, but... Stop! Axe said suddenly. Go back to that last document. You can read this stuff? Yes. He stared intently. It is an announcement. The Yerks have an important visitor arriving soon. Visser 1. Visser 1? That would be like Visser 3's boss? Yes. Visser 1 is more powerful than Visser 3. Just as Visser 3 is more powerful than Visser 4. There are 47 Vissers in the Yerk Empire. Or so we believe. Great, I said. Forty-seven. Not all like our friend Visser Three, I hope. Axe was back at work, getting the transponder out of the fax-like machine. No, he answered. Only Visser Three has an Andalite body. Only he can morph. Visser One has a human body, I believe. Ah, here, I have it. He held up a tiny, shiny disc. No bigger than a pea. Okay, let's get out of here, Jake said. Put that thing near the crack. We won't have to carry it as far. Everyone, morph back. Let's bail. It was the moment I dreaded. I didn't want to return to that ant body. It made me want to cry, just thinking of it. But there was no other way. If we tried to sneak out of the basement by going up through the house, we might be caught. Boy, I don't want to do this, I muttered. But at the same time, I focused on that ant shape. And as I watched... My friends began to change. Once we had shrunk back to ant size, the transponder seemed enormous. It was far bigger than we were. Standing beside it, feeling it with my legs and antennae, it felt about as big as a two-car garage. Everybody says ants are incredibly strong for their size, Cassie pointed out. Let's see if that's true. It seemed impossible, but Cassie, Rachel, and Axe managed to lift that monstrous load off the ground. I mean, it was like seeing three people walking down the street carrying a city bus. That's how big it was. But it's true what they say about ants.
For their size, they are some strong little bugs. When we reached the vertical wall, the three of them had to push it up ahead and roll it up the wall, like some gigantic steel donut. We reached the crack. They shoved the transponder in. Jake and I were in the lead. It took all five of us to drag that thing over the crags of the concrete canyon. But we made it through and back to the dirt tunnel. The transponder was so big it blocked the tunnel. It was like a spitwad in a straw. But with Axe, Rachel, and Cassie behind pushing, and Jake and I clearing boulders, grains of sand, out of the way, we made progress. It happened suddenly. There was no warning. One second, the tunnel ahead of me was empty. The next second, it was full. Full of a charging, racing army of ants. Enemies, my aunt brain said. Now the killing would begin.